3: iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts
5: or wherever you
3: get your podcasts.
5: Galbi-chim is not like a everyday thing you know what I'm saying it's like special occasion it has a little bit of royalty to it you know like it's an event you know but I always considered it to be one of the more bougier kind of dishes in Korean it's definitely culture definitely bougie
0: like no one really grew up eating this it's expensive and I don't really
5: be cooking like that so <laughs> is it t- it takes a minute to like make this it takes a while to make this
0: like three hours wow. so I was up at six so I could wow. make this for you
5: thank you what an you amazing what? podcast
0: I could have like bought it you know this is the thing I could have bought the galbi Gym and just brought it yeah but there's nothing, I like connecting with my guests and that that's why I cook. Welcome to Get Down with K-Town. I'm your host, Esther Choi. Hey guys, so today we have someone that I had admired from afar, one of the most significant pioneers in the Korean hip-hop scene, rapper and actor Jonathan Park, aka mostly known as Dumbfounded. So what do people call you? Do they call you uh, My
5: mom, since a young age, has called me Dumb, but not because of the nickname, just a <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, Dumb. Uh, nah, no, no. Um, well, yeah, they just call me John or Dumb.
0: Okay, because I was actually going to say, does your, like, mom call you dumb? Yeah, no, she
5: really does, though. I (laughs) mean— Like,
0: even now? Yeah, I mean,
5: she's embraced my whole persona as dumbfounded, you know? Mm -hmm. So she would call me like, hey, dummy, you're dumb. Like, she's real cute with it. That's so cute. Yeah, it's super cute. And she
0: speaks, like, perfect English? uh,
5: Perfect—no, she actually speaks—because we're from Argentina, so Mm -hmm. she speaks Spanish and Korean. And she never had to learn English because we're in LA, uh-huh. and there's a gang of Koreans, there's a gang yeah. of Latinos, so she never really learned English well. So it's still kind of like but
0: she still calls you dumb.
5: Yeah, she would be like, "Hey, dumb." Yeah, but That's it's, it's cute. funny that she just knows Spanish and Korean and like. Our neighborhood is just filled with both Koreans and Latinos, Mm -hmm. so she never really had to learn English too
0: I feel like it's like that in L.A., a lot of that. Yeah, it is, for sure. Okay, so Dom made a name for himself in the early 2000s by going to open mic evenings, right? Yeah. Rap battling and freestyling. And this is like during the time you were like honing your craft. Yeah,
5: I mean, um, you know, I started rapping when I was in like freshman year of high school. That was like 14, 15 years old. And um, I was just really immersed in the Los Angeles hip-hop scene. It's so weird because I feel like kind of an OG now, because I'm in like, I'm turning 34 in like three weeks.
0: Is 34 OG for being? That's
5: like 54 <laughs> in rap years, that's pretty okay. much. Like it's like, it's like dog years, you know oh, what I mean? Wow. It, okay. it is, it uh-huh. is. I mean, if you just consider, you know, kids getting signed at like age 16, 17 right now off of that's viral right. TikTok clips, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's, so it's a different generation for sure.
0: So I guess you got to figure it out, right? I mean, or or you can be one of the old rapper guys, right? Well, yeah.
5: I mean, to me, it's like as I go into writing for TV stuff to acting, like I bring a lot of that humor in aging in this youth-driven industry into Mm -hmm. the creativity. Like I feel more vulnerable and secure with myself to talk about these things. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, because you've been through it. Like you released several hit albums. You really uh, made a real name for yourself in the world of hip hop. You're dabbling in acting, and you have dabbled in acting, and you're now acting more. Right? Yeah,
5: well, it, it was always a passion of mine. I think when I was when I was a kid, I actually had an agent for like a short, like two years as a child child actor.
0: Child actor, like I was in like
5: a PlayStation One commercial, and like I was <laughs> when, like when you were,
0: like ten and Fox or eleven.
5: Network, yeah, I was like ten, eleven, and then I went and got into high school, and then. Uh, You know, I got more into music Mm because I was a stoner kid. And, (laughs) and, you know, just weed and music, it just connected. But I was always creative, so I wanted to make and create stuff. But all of a sudden, I got more into music and hip-hop. I was always a class clown, so before I even started making music, I was more into battle rap. So I kind of fused my passion for comedy and hip-hop together, which Mm -hmm. is kind of battle rapping, you know, like where you can comedically insult somebody or, you know, whatnot. So
0: So when you were battle rapping— which
5: mm-hmm.
0: honestly, like I am just learning about all this. Yeah, yeah, not <laughs> all, all, right? all good. It's all good. It's a long
5: time ago, but that is pretty much what kind of put me on the map. Yeah, that was the first thing. Do you yeah. still do it? No, no, no. It's been years, but I'm considered kind of an OG in the battle rap game.
0: Okay, so does battle rapping still exist? Mm-hmm. Like people are still doing it's it. It's
5: huge. It's still really big. Uh-huh. I mean, they, got, they get. Tens of millions of views, like, you know, all my battles are in the millions of views. Like That's
0: amazing.
5: Yeah, and I have, like, 20, 30 battles. In. But I came—I left the scene in the right time, like—
0: What What? What does that mean?
5: Because some people leave after getting destroyed, like, oh. uh, in battles. I kind of left while, like— You were high. high you were out like, up there, yeah, 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 yeah Like, yeah. Uh, And some people just stay in it too long, you know? It was hard for me to leave that arena, too, because I was getting so many views. Like, people were showing me mad love, and— it's scary to go from like tons of views in something and then go into a whole another thing and not expect the same kind of views. You know, I went more into making music. It's not the same thing. You know I mean? It's like you're battle rapping. You're not making music. You're not touring and stuff like that, you know? Because
0: it's like in the moment. It's impromptu. It's
5: not always impromptu. It's, sometimes it's set up like a boxing match where, you know, two people know they're going to battle each other a month before and they prepare okay. for each other. Got it. It's got got it. become more of that. And now it's more acapella. There's no beat playing. You just, you know, yeah. say rhymes to each other.
0: But then you decided to leave that to kind of pursue like writing music, yeah. putting out your album. I wanted
5: to work on music and getting better at making music because at the time, like from 14 to 15, when I started for a f- the next four or five years, I didn't make a single song. I just focused on battle rap, you know?
0: So you were doing that at like 14, 15 years old?
5: 15, yeah. And the open mics, um, I was going to this open mic in South Central, which is kind of a legendary open mic in Los Angeles called Project Blowed. It was my first time seeing, like, the most incredible, like, rappers in my life. And I was the only Asian kid there, you know, sticking my head mm-hmm, in. And mm-hmm. at the time, I was so cocky because I was the best rapper in my high school. Okay. So when I went to the open mic, I saw, like, a hundred other rappers that were better than me. <laughs> so it really humbled me as an arrogant little rapper kid. And I, I just got addicted to that place. It was every week for years and years. I, You know, they just had their 25-year anniversary. So that weird. I was just that. It's crazy. It's a really, it's like a staple in Los Angeles.
0: I just, can't, I can't believe you were that young and you were, like, doing this, right? Oh,
5: yeah. I and mean, you were the
0: only Asian kid, like, doing, like, in that scene.
5: Yeah, for sure. I mean, really, you know, Project Blood was predominantly black and it really taught me, it, it, it like, unlocked this, like, confidence in mm-hmm. me. with crazy. Because they showed me tough love. Like, if I was whack, they would boo you off the but, stage. But like, do you
2: think that
0: like motivated you because you were different, you looked different, you had something to it. Yeah,
5: I, people always ask me like, how does it feel to be an Asian in the hip hop? Like they want to hear an answer like, you know, um, that it was much harder or whatnot. No, I think it actually did help me because I did stand out, you know? It motivated you. Because even if you're whack, people are curious, like what is this Asian dude going to say? <laughs> like, and hip hop has always been about like being different and, you know, uh, having a different style, a different voice. So I think... Me being Asian was a thing that kind of helped, you know. People were like, "What does this Asian kid have to say?" He could be wack, he could be tight, but um, it was it was amazing. That's why I really I really appreciate my upbringing at that open mic.
0: Okay, so in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. you were raised in K Town. Yeah, but you didn't hang out with Koreans.
5: Nah, I was kind of a nerd. Like, I, and that's the thing. I think a lot of these Asian experiences in America we hear about right now, right? Uh, mm-hmm. It's like the Asian kid who was picked on by all these different (laughs) races in like middle America or whatnot, you know, but we, we don't hear about these cats like, like who grew up in, Like, very Asian communities where the Asian kids I was around, they were mean and they were cocky and confident, you know? Like, you couldn't make fun of an Asian dude in my neighborhood because you'll get a whole gang pulling up to you. Yeah, it's like
0: that 90s Korean, like, gangster. Yeah, like,
5: the pride. Like, you know, these kids were, like, hanging out in parking lots, smoking cigarettes, like, all day and, like, mobbing in huge crowds. And I was kind of a nerdy dude who was into indie films and art galleries and Mm -hmm. you know what I mean I was kind of art. I was a little art art kid you know what I mean um you know and also skateboarding and like punk and pop punk and hip-hop like just you know weird stuff like art you know the school I went to was a lot of artist kids and their parents were artists and directors so I was kind of a weirdo and but I was still rapping so when I would rap with the other Asian kids and there were other Asian kids rapping too in my neighborhood they were they sounded like Tupac you know I sounded more (laughs) like lyrical, miracle, spiritual, like, <laughs> you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah,
0: I was gonna ask you, Yeah, like, I was,
5: like, really wordy and, like, nerdy sounding.
0: The difference between, like, Korean rap hip-hop scene in Korea and then your experience here in America, like, did you grow up with 90s K-pop, hip-hop, like, Soteji or... I, I knew
5: about them, but I, I didn't grow up on Korean music. Like, but not I wasn't Tupac familiar. either, because you said... No, you no, know. I grew up with Tupac. I, okay. I listened to a lot of those things, but uh-huh. it wasn't, like, my style. Like, I didn't... A lot of the Asian kids, you know they were really on some Asian gang shit, you know? So <laughs> they sounded aggressive. Like, mm-hmm. I wasn't coming from that world, so I just kind of sounded like the way I... I'm more comedic, you know, and yeah. I was more humorous. So I rapped the way I did, and they didn't really... The Asian kids didn't rock with me. They thought I was they didn't weird. Understand it. Until I started battle rapping. Like, and I started making a name in battle rap because I was the only Asian kid in the battle rap scene, so all of a sudden, Asian kids was like, oh, you holding it down for us Asians. And that was my first time, like, getting props from Asian, like, gangster dudes and dudes in my neighborhood that always thought I was nerdy you know all, when I when they just started seeing these YouTube videos get millions of views they were like oh damn like there's an Asian dude in the scene in the battle rap world and there's in in the battle rap world there's like, Barely any Asians. Even since I reti- even since I retired like years ago, there still isn't like a new Asian. There's only been like two Asians that really made a mark, and it why was like you- Jinda MC, and it's uh, like me. Why?
0: Why? Why is that? Why I don't do you know.
5: Think? I don't know. Battle rap is is a tough thing. It's the front line of hip hop where you really have to deal with getting roasted like right in front of the video. You know. For every other side of hip-hop, you kind of... The battle element in, in dance, uh, in breakdancing to emceeing, you know, um, to all the elements of hip-hop is like, that's where the front line is. You know, you're really putting yourself out there to be either destroyed or get humiliated, you know? And that takes a lot for anybody to kind of put themselves out there.
0: It takes a lot of confidence, yet just... Not giving a shit, I guess. Or just knowing your skill, right? Yeah,
5: it's tough. It's scary. It's scary. I've, I, You know, being in that circle, every time you do it, it's not something that you just know that you're going to kill. You know, you can have it down. You're ready mentally. Soon as you step in, you can blank out. You know? Yeah, know. So yeah. It's, it's a scary thing.
1: Mother's Day is right around the corner. And in true She Pivots fashion Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels.
4: Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy.
5: My best hopes. I guess identify the life that I want and and work towards it.
3: I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true and I'm not offended by that.
1: Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for
4: overcoming them.
3: Oh, thank God for the
0: turning point when you decided to like, okay, now I'm representing my people. Like, I'm, I'm an Asian American. And then you, like, shifted, right? You...
5: Yeah, I mean, I talk a lot about this in, you know, with the battle rap. I, I feel like battle rap really helped me with my identity, you know, figuring out who I was. Because at the time, you know, we all go through this, the... Uh, oh, you know, I don't want to be Asian, like, because, you know, it wasn't lit, like, to be Asian during that time.
0: You you were like that, too? Yeah, for sure.
5: I I was, like, the only Asian in my group of friends, you know, and see another cool Asian walk into my squad, and I'd feel threatened and shit, you know, (laughs) but then, like, to me, what I realized is, like, with, through battle rap, I think, is because I, when I would step in an arena and battle somebody, they would hit me with all these things they thought of, of what an Asian person is. Like stereotypical is. shit. Stereotypes. And what, I, what you realize is like they don't know much. You know what I'm saying? It's like a list of four or five things that every dude— Like every battle you watch me and it's like I get hit with the same lines. Four things. Four or five things.
0: What's some of them?
5: You know, uh, <laughs> like for instance, like celebrity references, right? It's always like Jackie Chan, Jet Lee, oh, Bruce Lee, or Lucy Liu. It's like that's the only like things— I mean now they might— add a few crazy rich Asian things (laughs) or something. (laughs) But at the time, it was always the same thing. You know, can't drive, like, eats cats, dogs, whatever. All those stereotypes. And it kind of really makes you think, like, oh, man, like, there's a very narrow view about uh, Asian people in general when these people don't know anything about us, you know? Which made me, like... I don't know. It, it did something to me, a little fire in me where I wanted to kind of show cats like there's there's different types of Asians, you know what I'm saying? And, and my upbringing is different. And I wanted to hold it down in the most clever way, you know, and not be so hacky in the way they made fun of Asians,
0: mm-hmm. you know? Would you consider yourself an American rapper with Korean descent or are you a Korean rapper from America? Because I feel like this really matters— uh, to you because you talk about your identity a lot and your music is very personal to who you are, so.
5: Yeah, no, I, I, that's a good question because, uh, I mean, I, I guess a little bit of both. Back in the day, I used to hate when people introduced me as, oh, Korean rapper, Dunfound. Like, I did yeah. a thing on Carson Daly and Carson Daly introduced me, was like, oh, this next performer is a Korean rapper, blah, 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 Dunfound. Uh-huh. I was like, uh-huh. why, why was that even necessary, right? Yeah. But then I kind of realized, like, it's actually a big part of my identity, you know, being Korean. And that's also because like right I mean, you know, and maybe one day it won't be as important, you know, and maybe that could be progress too. But there was, you know, I feel like when I hop on stage, like people see an Asian person. People see this dude on stage. That's mm-hmm. you know, it's not that's like one of the first things they'll notice. You know, of so course, which which it's means yeah you look so it's 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 something that I wanted to embrace now and I, I don't wanna run away from it, you know.
0: For sure. So, so you're a Korean rapper then?
5: <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's not wrong. Yeah, you you're know a what I mean? If somebody American tells rapper. me that, like, that wouldn't be wrong, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I would say Korean American rapper. That's important. Korean American. Because I think people don't really, you know, it's two different things the Korean experience very. and the Korean American experience. And I'm very, very Korean American.
0: Like, would you be able to go to Korea and do, like, that scene there.
5: Like, yeah, I, I've different? dabbled in it, but I don't rap in Korean. You know what I'm saying? All my songs are in English, yeah. and then I the couple songs I have in Korean. It's just I took one Korean word and I repeated in the hook. <laughs> like that's that's the extent of my dabbling with Korean rap. You know what I mean?
0: Why can't you rap in English and Korean? Like you can't. Like you it have to be in Korean.
5: It's I can't. I real. I tried to do it. I just mm-hmm. realized like. You got to really be there and soak in the culture. And this has also been the problem with a lot of Korean artists trying to break in, in America, where they try to do an American song and it doesn't sound authentic. Or you see like a K-pop star doing an American music video and trying to do all the latest dances or holding a 40-ounce, uh-huh. like completely appropriating the do you culture. Think it's awkward? It's awkward. I mean, I, for me, as an American, when I hear it, like I can tell it's not authentic because— Really, it's not just the language. It's everything. The nuances, the, the mm-hmm. you know. The swag. It's the swag. Everything. It just, you know when something's not genuine. You know what I mean? And we're living in an era where kids could see right through that shit. That's you know? true. Yeah. That's
0: true. You have to be super genuine about who you are. How do you feel about, like, the K-pop scene compared to the world that you're in?
5: I mean, you know, it's, I, I have no problems with it. It's not my, like, regular listening genre of music, but I, I don't hate anything, really. You know? I mean,
0: like, you know, the craziness of K-pop right now, like BTS. Oh, yeah, that. no,
5: I know. I've tweeted stuff and I've got destroyed yeah. by BTS fans. Before. Oh, my gosh.
6: They're so scary.
5: <laughs> yeah. No, it's, they it's, are
0: I it's, feel like a lot
5: of those fans are very supportive of what I do, to mm-hmm. be honest. Like, it's funny, you know, as my—at one point, like, my raps—all my all my raps was, like, pure just hip-hop stuff. And then now when I tour, like, my front two, three rows are, like, K-pop fans. And they, they like, I mean, and I don't even do K-pop music. I don't even rap okay. in Korean, but I think it's because I'm Korean. They that's, support me. That's interesting.
0: Me. So these K-pop fans are now just fans of Korean culture, you think?
5: Yeah, and, and I think that's one part. They know that I really rap Korean stuff in a lot of my content. Um, but if you see those fans, they're not necessarily hip-hop heads. They're like straight-up K-pop fans. Mm-hmm. And somehow it's drizzled down to <laughs> my shows. And it's actually helped me, like, really kind of revive my career a little bit. Not not revive, but it just kept it consistent, you know? Yeah. Like, shows are still, you know, I still have, like, that fan base mixed in with my rap fans, mixed in with my battle fans. It's a little bit of everything, yeah.
0: That's amazing, though. Yeah. Like, because it's about culture in the end. The rise of K-pop influences every part of Korean culture. Right. Which is, I think... Amazing.
5: Yeah, and those fans are diehard. You know, like hip hop fans are fickle. Like (laughs) K-pop fans, they will ride with you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, today, they will. They'll do anything. They
5: will. They will. They'll go to war with you.
0: So I wanted to ask you about your inspiration because I read somewhere you actually don't get inspired by listening to other rap.
5: No, I I do, but it's not the only thing. You know, Mm -hmm. I think people have this perception like, oh, you're a hip hop head and you just that's like all you listen to. all I listen to, but it's actually across the board where it's not even music, you know, I feel like music shouldn't be the only thing that inspires musicians, you know, like stand-up comedy inspires me a lot because it comes from a really, really honest and vulnerable place. You can't get that all the time with hip hop, especially nowadays, because it's, you have this, people have this persona and this mask and this hard exterior we put out as hip hop artists, you know? So sometimes you got to get this vulnerability from different places, stand-up comedy. I do stand-up too, actually. Yeah. So that that's like, a space that I'm really in love with.
0: I thought that that was very interesting because I feel like for a lot of creatives, if you're like into that too much, then you're just repeating. When I started cooking and coming up with my menu for my first restaurant, I couldn't go eat at other places. I had to be in my own right zone right? So I feel like the creative process is very similar.
5: Yeah, I always tell people, especially these kids who are in the studio, they're like, I'm in the studio all day. I'm like, where do you get your inspiration from? Because to me, it's like, if you're an artist, 50% should be outside living and soaking in culture and life. And then the other half is how you record that and your experiences on the microphone. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're spending 100% just in the studio, you're not soaking in anything, maybe even from the internet, you know? But you gotta be out there living life, so you have something to write about in the lab, you know what I mean. So that's how I like to kind of live my life. It's like I want to have a good balance of like work and also curiosity and soaking culture life. Yeah. Yeah. experience. Mm-hmm.
1: Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true she pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers.
3: Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: When all of this is over, I'm gonna grab you Can you talk to me about your acting a little bit? You're going to be in Aquafina's new show?
5: Yeah, I I'm on Aquafina's show. I'm going to sprinkle sprinkled in them this season, but the second season I'll probably be in some more stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and Aquafina's been a friend of mine for eight years like I was roommates with her in New York and Williamsburg I mean in in Greenpoint for just for like four or five months and I was living with her this was like the beginning you know for all of us like me and her and um, what do
0: you mean about the beginning not the beginning Um,
5: I mean I was kind of probably doing more stuff musically but the beginning of the Aquafino rise was like then you know uh, which is dope because if you there's a documentary called Bad Rap, it's on Netflix and it's the they follow four Asian rappers. It's me, Aquafina, Lyrics, and Rex Dizzy, mm-hmm. and uh, you can if you watch the documentary, you can see literally the beginnings. So it, it's great. It's a great doc. It's kind oh, of a slept-on nice. doc actually, and, and it's yeah. on Netflix. It's on Netflix. Okay. Yeah, uh, produced by Jakey, one of our mutual friends. Shout out Jakey. Oh yeah, Jakey.
0: Of yeah. course, I know Jakey. Yeah. yeah,
5: I'm developing a lot of shows. I go out for auditions, but really, I feel like as kind of the like a creative in the sense where I can write my own stuff too. Like I, I focused a lot on kind of developing me, developing my own stuff. So I wrote a show that's going to be announced. I just sold it actually. So it's going to be announced. Congrats. Yeah. It's going to be announced in like two, three weeks. Um,
0: so you wrote the whole show.
5: I, it's a show about me and my life and I'll be playing the lead in it. And then, um, uh, you know, there'll be there's family elements, but i just a brief log line about it. It's uh it's about a rapper aging out of the rap game and he's been dumbfounded longer than he's been John park. And Mm -hmm. now that his like, like, uh, fame is dwindling he's reconnecting with like family friends and his neighborhood that he's been so removed from and like didn't know how to be an adult because rap is such like a youthful kind of industry okay so uh it's it's called yeah big dummy and it it's gonna come out soon like we're working on it This
0: that's soon. amazing and tv network or
5: uh it's gonna be it's a streaming service okay. but uh mm-hmm. yeah uh yeah, it should be announced soon. I don't even know if I should have said that. Actually, I think oh. it's cool. I think it's cool.
0: <laughs> but well, by the time this airs, you'll be good. So I think so. Yeah, um, that's. I mean, so it's heavily about your life. It's it's you.
5: Yeah, yeah, and it's it's my relationships with my family too. It's a very broken kind of a uh, uh, family. You know, my parents split since I was super young. Dad. Kind of alcoholic, gambler. Um, so there's a lot of these elements that I feel like people don't talk about. Like we hear a lot about these immigrant success stories, but we don't talk about sometimes in pursuit of the American dream, the family gets broken up, you know, because that pursuit is so aggressive that you forget about the little things. And I feel like with my family, a lot of that happened, you know, so we talk kind of about that and it's about mending those relationships too.
0: And you came over here, I read, I read somewhere where you, your mom brought you over here from Argentina when you were like three years old with your sister.
5: Yeah, my mom actually carried me and my little sister who was one and I was three at the time through the Mexican border to Coyotes. Like that's illegally, like in,
0: that's so yeah. crazy. Are there a lot of stories like that?
5: Um, yeah, there is. There's because there's a lot of uh, Asians who immigrate. Like most of my uncles and aunts are from like Peru, Paraguay, like Argentina. I don't know much about those roots because I came here such a baby. But you know, it's it's pretty interesting. I don't and I I don't really know why that was the case. You know, but there was, I guess.
0: After the Korean War, the government paid all these Koreans to go to South America. Oh, was it? Yeah, and that's why there's so many Koreans in South America. And then from there, they didn't want to stay there because obviously the living conditions and... Yeah,
5: the opportunities mm -hmm. wasn't that much for like a Korean person there. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Yeah.
0: and of course the American dream is the American dream. So a lot of people came over to Los Angeles to settle here.
5: It's the same thing, I feel like, with my parents and their pursuit of the American dream. And my my show is kind of the same. uh, My storyline is the same thing where... I feel like as I get older, like I don't, you know, maybe I didn't enjoy the little things and, you know, those little things become the big things, you know, so it's about that. And maybe like catching myself slipping into the kind of the same thing, because we're all focused on this like big, big dream, you know, we kind of forget about all the little between stuff and the journey is like really the reward, right? So
0: Exactly. It's the experiences and that's what matters. I'm looking forward to seeing what you have in store for your future. So you, you're working on Aquafina Show and you have your own show mm-hmm. in the pipeline. Anything else exciting that you want to do or pursue? Or- I just
5: stay working and just making stuff, you know? Like to me, it's just, you know, I, I've always just made video stuff that wasn't even music related you know so I like putting on a lot of artists like up-and-coming artists you know I just stay I just like staying curious about culture you know and mm-hmm. I think that's the main thing I never really feel old because I'm up on everything like I know everything on that's going on on the internet like a 16 year old kid you know <laughs> what I mean like like a 16 year old TikTok star like I know everything like that's going on online yeah like, yeah,
0: your tweets are like, I'm like, oh, wow, he <laughs> really knows everything. Just
5: stupid stuff, yeah. <laughs>
0: so your podcast, Fun With Dumb. Yeah. Um, You want to talk a little bit about that?
5: Yeah, so, I mean, it was just a podcast that I just want to start and kind of talk to a lot of my friends uh, who are doing cool stuff. But it did become pretty focused on, like, Asian and Asian-American Um, Only because I think I had a wide network of creatives that were Asian descent, Mm -hmm. but it's not limited to that. We're we're doing, we're, we got a lot of interesting interviews coming up, but it's, it spans like really wide from fashion to musicians to like we had a magician, that guy Shin Lim who won Mm -hmm. America's Got Talent to like Roy Choi, Aquafina obviously a lot of uh, comedians. It's, it's cool. It's fun. It's like just once a week. I
0: mean, it's really funny.
5: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Just try to keep it cool and fun. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So, I was up really early. I I know I told you this, but I was up really early because you said your favorite Korean food is kimchi.
5: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um so I have made that today but i made it spicy i don't know if that's okay with you yeah
5: that's okay that's not my favorite version of it but it's oh cool. it's not oh <laughs> damn.
3: it's okay it's okay no no i usually like uh-huh. the regular
5: one okay but but uh damn. spicy is always good it's weird because i love spicy stuff but you don't but like the kaibe i like it regular i don't yeah but uh this is just damn, be fire. I, I screwed up. it's okay no you didn't You're i good. thought i was
0: like being like well so
5: i should uh, just like kept it you know like i should just lie right there and just been like, I like the spicy. No, <laughs> I like
0: the realness. It's fine. Like, my mom made uh, meon 갈비찜 for me, like yeah. spicy kaibichim, so I w- wanted to make that version Sick. for you.
5: Okay, whoa, this looks okay. fire.
0: <laughs> All right, so what's your fondest or best memory with kaibichim? Like, why is this your favorite Korean dish? Well,
5: kaibichim is not like a everyday thing you know what i'm saying it's like special occasion it has a little bit of royalty to it you know like
0: <laughs> i mean it comes from right. you know the royal cuisine like yeah
5: the- it's a it's an event you know but i always considered it to be one of the more bougier kind of dishes in korean it's definitely culture
0: bougie. like no one really grew up eating this it's expensive and i don't really know? be
5: cooking like that so <laughs> is it t- it takes a minute to like make this it takes a while to make this
0: like three hours wow so i was up at six so i can wow. make this for you
5: thank you what an you know amazing what? podcast.
0: I could have, like, bought it. You know, this is the thing. I could have bought the galbi and just brought it. Yeah. But there's not—I I like connecting with my guests, and that that's why I cook. For,
5: no, I love that. I love that. I mean, I'm not complaining. And then also, it's—I it's. it's I, you, I just love that, yeah, you put in that much heart into the podcast because I half-ass online. <laughs> Stop I barely it. do any research. No,
0: come on. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. you know, that's why it's raw, and, it's, like, for me, it's—
5: should I bite into this? Please do. Okay, here we go. All
0: right. Please do. I hope it's mm. as good as your bombs.
5: This is good. Really good.
0: And, like, LA's mm. Korean food is, like, insane. And I know that there's that galbijjib place that's so famous, something. Or...
5: Yep, it's right next to my favorite bar. You can so find you me there. So you probably
0: go eat that, like, all the I time. I don't, actually.
5: You don't? I don't. Um... My favorite kalbi chim in Koreatown is in this place called Hongbukdong.
0: Oh my god, I love some. I was just there the other day. That's
5: my favorite kalbi chim
0: The kookbap there is very good. Yeah,
5: yeah, kukbab is fire. It it's, has like a different thing to it, right? Like than most kukbaps, like
0: it's its own thing because I've never tasted kookbap like that. And it's like fer- they ferment the cabbage. I think that's is why. that
5: the ugoji. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I ugoji.
5: love u- ugoji Kaibi Tang was like the thing I was gonna put maybe for the third one because for some reason I just love ugoji. What is ugoji. that again?
0: So ugoji is dried cabbage. Dried
5: cabbage, yeah. Yeah,
0: it's dried cabbage, and it's it's just cabbage, but it's done in this way where it's preserved, so it gives a different texture and dimension. So, I I love ugoji as well. It's a mm-hmm. very like homey thing, but tangbukdong ferments it, so that's why it's, it's kind of right? Tangy, yeah. it's So delicious that
5: this is fantastic. This, um.
0: Okay, can you describe what you're eating uh, to our listeners and...
5: Yeah, the braised short uh, rib. Is that what it is, short rib? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Braised short rib, um, you know, probably cooked for hours. And then when you bite into it, it's like super tender, like peels off the bone pretty much. And then usually the carrots and potatoes are just really sweet. It's like a sweet spicy. It's not like when when it's... Mm -hmm. This is a spicy version, but it's not really spicy. It just has a little kick. And usually, that's why I like it.
0: Yeah, usually it's just soy braise, so it's like salty and sweet. I like
5: this better because it's not as spicy as like the other spicy ones. This is good. This is good spicy. Like this is closer to the version I like, you know what I mean? So Yeah,
0: but it still has like that red like kind of spicy deep flavor cuz I add gochujang to this one yeah. and usually maengobe garbitine does not use gochujang.
5: If you if, if you go to, if you go to a Korean restaurant order this though, it's probably going to be the most expensive thing on the menu.
0: Of right? course. Yeah, it's like... I mean, it's expensive, and it takes a long time to make.
5: I think at Tongbukdong, dong this shit is like $60. Like, for is real. Is it?
0: Is it $60? It's, like,
5: it's, it's somewhere between 40 and 60 I think.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's like a luxury food item.
5: Like, you know if it's $60, there's a grandma slaving away in the back there or something. Like, she is going ham. Yeah. Did you
0: try the potatoes? So, I do a little bit... Um, I do something a little bit different. I add sweet potatoes. It's good just so it's like you know level up but it still tastes like grandma food doesn't it taste like grandma it's food it's
5: mad good and i already ate lunch but i'm going in That's crazy <laughs>
0: <laughs> what'd you have for lunch today
5: i'm on like a meal plan thing i'm like a big i'm on some oh, fitness thing right now God. i know so did i
0: ruin it with you yeah with but i don't
5: care <laughs> i'm not going to let you throw you know kai bech in front of me and disrespect it like it's fire though this is great
0: amazing Well, where can our listeners find you?
5: Everything at, uh, just at Dumbfounded, spelled D-U-M-B-F-O-U-N-D-E-A-D. I have like hundreds of videos on YouTube. Um, Spotify, you can check out my music and my podcast, Fun With Dumb. And uh, yeah, stay tuned for more stuff. Trying to get my uh, cooking skills up this year too, so.
0: Really? If you need lessons, you know who to look for. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much for joining us.
5: Thank you. And thank you for cooking. Appreciate it.
0: And that's our show. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Get Down With K-Town is a production of iHeartRadio and was created by our executive producer, Christopher Haciotis, and me, Esther Choi. Follow me on all social media at Troy Bites. And I'd also like to thank our producer, editor, and mixer, Marcy Depina, For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
1: Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A.,